Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition, so they can serve the world powerfully. Hola, mis amores. Bienvenidos. Aquí Vanessa Codorniu. So excited to talk to you today. I was not going to do this. But here I am in my office in the middle of sessions, ended a little earlier, and I was like, you know what, let's talk about love. Vamos a hablar del amor. Now, today is St. Valentine's Day, a day that some of us look forward to, others put too many expectations on, others like blow out of proportion and make it mean more shit than it really needs to be meaning. And other people, like my husband, have rejected totally because they're like, it's a made-up holiday and it is capitalistic and it uh, highlights the having to buy things and give gifts, etc. Obviously, my husband is not Latino. He is Turkish and Kurdish. And so he sees things from a particular lens, right? And it's for me, I also believe that, you know, media, marketing, Um, capitalism have blown up this holiday to have it mean that we have to get flowers, roses, a dinner, a stuffed animal, uh, jewelry, high-end jewelry, trips, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now I'm also Latina and I like my gifties, right? But for me, gifts are not, not, not necessarily a very expensive pair of shoes or clothing or a trip, et cetera. For me, an experience is really important, right? I know I am not acting like a son in Sun and Taurus right now, because Sun and Taurus is everywhere. Like, no girl, we need the big meal, we need the fur, or we need the um, you know, vegan inspired fur, or we need like the goods, we need the good stuff. But as somebody who has Venus and Aries, and we'll talk about that a little bit, um, and also kind of a lot of Gemini and some Sag, so I have fire, air in my earth. I like the excitement of learning of a shared experience and exploring something new, which could be a museum, it could be a new nightclub, it could be um, going to see a show, it could be just traveling to a place and checking out a city, right, or a town. And so there's so much range. But anyway, getting back to San Valentine, so St. Valentine's, I'm saying it the way my mom would say it, San Valentine, no? And so my mom was very cute. Uh, maybe some of you have Latina grandmothers or mothers who who have done this or do this. My mom totally was into decorating the house to each and every holiday. So that meant that she had the decor, she had a couple of stuffed animals, she had other things. And then she also had um, the towels, the towel set. Oh, my God. And so St. Valentine's specifically, you'd get the kitchen towels out. You'd have the bathroom towel out with the little hearts and the little things. And never did a Valentine pass 
that my mom didn't leave a little gift under our pillow and never did a Valentine pass where I didn't create art for her. So I used to paint for her, make a card for her, make a poem for her. I even created my first little book, right, for my mom about Mother's Day in the universe, um, especially for Mother's Day. But that's how we were. We were like, okay, and this is my mom's direct saying. She'd be like, mira, el día de las navidades. She would say that even Christmas is every day because you have you have the light and you have creator in your heart every day. But she would say, el día de la madre todos los días, the day of Mother's Day is every day. And she'd be like, San Valentine todos los días. So we don't have to wait to one day of the year to give somebody something or to tell somebody that we love them. And so I grew up with that energy of like, okay, maybe we'll celebrate it on the day. But guess what? It ain't that special because I'm going to show you how much I love you every day. And that's how I grew up. And so did I have my tons of boyfriends? I know my husband, if he hears this, he'll be like, are you sharing about boyfriend 389? And I'm like, yeah. But... Yes, I've dated a lot of people. I've dated a lot. But I've had an amazing life and an amazing journey. I've gotten the stuffed animals. I've gotten the jewelry. I've gotten the trip. I've gotten the things. I've also gotten the walk in the park. I've, got, I've also gotten the homemade meal. I've also gotten the homemade card. I've also gotten no card, no meal, and somebody plucking a flower from somebody's garden, right? And I've never been someone who's been upset or disappointed or really made it mean something that it wasn't. And that's why I think I was moved to share today and talk about this today is, you know, don't let St. Valentine's be make more of it than what you should. Now, obviously, Nuestra Sociedad, our society, be like, oh, no, girl, if he ain't giving, doing this to you, and he ain't doing this for you, and he ain't doing that for you, then he got to go, right? Uh oh, no, she didn't cook you a meal. She didn't put on sexy underwear. What's up? What's up? So you're going to have your friends, you know, um, family members who are going to be like, well, if you're not getting what you want, then are you in the right relationship? And I'm not saying that you should give up certain things that you want, but I'm also bringing to light that we all love differently, that we need different things in love, and that we also should not allow ourselves and should not drag or not allow ourselves or let society or let our own insecurities drag us on Valentine's Day. If we're in a partnership, we shouldn't drag ourselves if somebody got the, the roses at the job and we didn't. If we're single, please, I invite you, don't let yourself be dragged with all this commercialism about all the happy couples. Because let me tell you, as somebody who is married now for the last three years, Love takes work. Love takes so much work, people. Oh my God, okay? So anybody who's listening right now, ustedes saben, you guys know that love takes work. That doesn't mean that the attraction isn't there. I mean, the magic isn't there. But it takes work because life is work sometimes, right? And not just nine to five, nine to six, nine to seven, nine to eight, however your schedule works. Love is challenging. It's beautiful. It's incredible. It is an amazing um, journey, adventure. At the same time, and I think portal, I think that in order for us as, well, I mean most of us, because everybody has a different journey, so I can't speak to, to all of us. In order for us to really, um, for most of us, to experience being a soul and a body here on this rough and tough earth, the heart chakra needs to be activated. 
And it doesn't have to be activated only for romantic love, only for one-on-one love, right? It could be love of our animals, love of the earth, love of our community, love of God, love of creator, love of the earth, love of the environment. The energy is love. And where we direct it, it will be the deepest and greatest invitation into our own soul's awareness. And so if you're somebody who's like, well, I'm not really into romance or relationships, I could do without no problema. It's okay. I mean, I invite you to like look at your childhood and look at experiences that you had. But there are some people that they're like, mm, yeah, not for me. And they're perfectly happy and good. And I think that we have to normalize that. We have to normalize that um, what is for some of us isn't for all of us. And that there are going to be different times in our lives where we need different things. So let me review for a moment, okay? And one is that let's express love to the people and to the things and the causes that we love on every day. Let's just not wait for like the Mother's Day or Father's Day, right? We don't know how long our family members have. So vamos a amarlos. Like let's love them now and the every day. It's not about that one special gift that you give or you get once a year. It's about the little moments, right? That kind of weave together and, and kind of like add a pearl and we add another pearl and we add another pearl. And there we have the whole necklace that makes up our marriage, our relationship, our friendship. And one thing isn't going to break it, but it can if we don't communicate, right? And it can if we hold on to anger, upset, or unresolved issues. And so it's important for us to communicate. So one, love is every day, right? Two, different strokes for different folks. Some people are going to want that romantic relationship. Some people are not going to want it. They're not going to need it. I still invite you to check out why you got there. At the same time, it is all good. And three, um, to not let the media, Instagram, social media platforms um, make you feel bad for yourself if you're having a struggle in your marriage or in your relationship or if you're single. Because you already know, no todo lo que brilla es oro. Not everything that shines is gold. And so it's important for us to really not make it more than it is. Um, my husband wakes up every day and, you know, he gives me a kiss And sometimes he says, you know, my morning doesn't start if I don't give you a kiss in the morning. And that's simple. That's free. Um, or I wake up, I'm like, did you kiss me when he's leaving? And he's like, of course I did. And I get another hug and a kiss. We show each other that we love each other through hugs and words, small touches. He does it through acts of service. I kind of do it through acts of service, but he's more the acts of service guy. And if you're wondering, what is she talking about? I'm talking about the language of love. And there's so many languages of love. Right. Um, there are five of them. There's a book out there. I don't know who wrote it, but it's called The Five Languages of Love. I think there's way more than that. Hay muchos más lenguajes del amor. Um, but you know, the ones we're needing affirmation, needing physical touch, gifts of service, spent time, and gifts. I had a friend who would literally have a meltdown. I am not lying. Se derrite ahí mismo. Like she had a meltdown if her partner would give her the wrong gift. Because to her, it was, I've already explained it five billion times. It means that they don't listen. It means that they don't listen. And so sometimes I would help her partners because like she would be so upset that I'm like, oh my God, we've got to avoid the upset. But it was really stemming from her parents never giving her the gifts that she really wanted as a kid. But beyond that, it wasn't about what was purchased. It was that she felt unseen. And so at the heart of receiving a gift or receiving a card or receiving flowers or, or, or being loved, right? Is this great desire to be known, 
to be seen, to be respected, to be understood, right? Just as we are today, as imperfect as we are. And that's really what I think most human beings want. Um, I've been on the love journey for a long time. And um, I know that that's something that I was, that I wanted so badly at the same time that scared the crap out of me as a younger person, because I wanted it, but I was scared of it. Because then once you have it, what if you lose it? What if you F it up? What if they F it up? And a lot of those fears that we have do come from childhood, right? And childhood trauma, dysfunctional um, situations at home. And they also come from unknown sources such as ancestral patterns. Now y'all know, or you may know, not only am I a psychic medium, I'm a hypnotist over 25 years. I mean, I'm a Sui Reiki uh, master in four different paths. So I do energy healing, Mujer Medicina, initiated, trained. Um, this is my way of life. It just wound up turning into my business when I got laid off several times. And my friends were like, hello, do what you've been doing. And so before I even built my business 12 years ago, I was already mm, reading people like 20 years doing hypnosis, less than that, but doing it, and gathering women and men in circles and, and doing healing work, um, intuitive work, supportive work, just as part of my life, right? And so even as a person who's on a spiritual journey, and this is for all of you listening to me, that doesn't mean we've got it down. Dios mío que no, right? It doesn't mean that we know. It doesn't mean that we know everything. What we have on our side is that because we are aware that we're decolonizing our spirituality, that we're decolonizing the way that we think and that we live and that we breathe, that we can and we start healing, right? And taking off the layers of dysfunction and stories and mindsets that we received both consciously and unconsciously in our home life. And then through the lineage um, that we're doing the deeper work. So even as healers, even as intuitives, even as spiritual folks, we don't have it all together. And it's so horrible. There's somebody who passed away a couple of years ago who she and her husband were like the church instructors on marriage. They were the guides guiding the young marriages. Meanwhile, he was sleeping with somebody in the church. And to this day, many of us feel that her secrecy made her sick and she did pass and he went and married that person. And so here you have these people who believe that they're really good Christians. He's cheating. She kept her promise and stayed in the marriage and he passed. Now I'm sharing these stories because we're biodiverse, meaning we need different food, we need different things. At the end of the day, we share common needs and common desires, right? Like I was saying, we wanna be known, we wanna be seen, we wanna be loved. We need to eat, we need to sleep. But how we go about doing it and how much of something on what form we need it is defined by our ancestry, by our nature, by our nurture. It can be affected by astrology. It can be affected by numerology. It can be affected by our previous relationships, by the choices that we've made. And so know that the journey of love, like loving ourselves enough to know that we deserve better, Loving ourselves enough to be honest is super, super important. And so I don't have like an outline here. Obviously, you can tell. Um, but it's something that's just on my heart. And what I will say is this is 
that when people come to me in readings and hypnosis sessions, I don't judge. And tons of people have come to me, good, amazing, really grounded, beautiful people have come to me having fallen in love with other people while they're in a marriage or a relationship. People have come to me saying, oh my God, I'm cheating. People have come to me saying, you know, I'm not in love with my wife or husband for 20 years and I'm just going to stay in it because it's my status and I want to keep my home and I want to keep my cars and I want to keep my yearly trips. I've had people, you know, call me and say, oh my God, I'm not this person. I'm not a cheater. I'm not, I'm not. Um, I love my partner, but I'm so tired of the same old, same old. And I think they don't hear me. And now I'm having an emotional affair. I've had people who said to me, you know, every woman in my family, Vanessa, every woman in my family uh, is always left. Now, when you start hearing the words every, every man, every woman, every person, every time in my family, you start to get the hint that that's an ancestral pattern, right? Every man, every woman, every relationship, every marriage, every situation, every business, start to hear every. That's a big generalization, right? And when we get those patterns passed down to us, what winds up happening is we internalize them. So I've worked with many women who come to me and said, you know, every woman in my family is powerful and the men leave. And the men just leave because we're too strong. So what happens there is that there is a subconscious association with strength, with being alone, with strength, with effort. If it means that I'm going to be alone, I guess he say that, right? And the third thing is I want to be like my powerful ancestors and grandmother and mother, so I'm probably going to wind up alone. What winds up happening if we're carrying that in our mind, body, and spirit in the energetic field is that is what we wind up doing. We wind up attracting over and over again the same story that has been passed down to us that is playing throughout our energetic fields, through our mind and our spirit, because we believe the story. And because it is a guiding story of our family, por favor, si, los hombres no pueden con las mujeres fuertes. Men, they can't deal with strong women. And what winds up happening is you are manifesting the continuous story. I remember a young man came to me. He wasn't currently working. He didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And I know what I'm going to say to him is going to sound harsh to you. It was not a reading. It was a friend and a much younger friend. And they were like, you know, everybody's jealous of me. Everybody's jealous of me because, you know, I got game. I got charm. I got this. I got that. And, and I don't have friends and I'm not having a relationship because, you know. And I was like, I do not mean to be rude. Right now you live with your mama. You ain't got no job. You ain't got no girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, however it may be. You are home with no job, no partner, no friends, because they're all jealous of you. So that means subconsciously, because you, at your most base point, have everybody jealous at you of you, how are you ever going to have success? How are you ever going to have a partner? How are you ever going to have success in your career, in your desired career? How are you going to have abundance, move out, do your life, have a family, do whatever you want? When, cuando no tienes nada, we don't have anything, they're already celándote. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're at base level and just foundational level, people aren't jealous. Of course, they're going to be. ¿Y qué? ¿Y qué? Give yourself a good bath, un buen baño. Give yourself a good, you know, put, you know, una campanita. Call on your spirits. I don't have agua florida around me. Get some agua florida, some agua de naranja. Light some sage. Do a huevo cleanse. Do whatever you have to do. Uh, oh, I do have this. Oh, and many of them, but let me see if I can move them out. Get some selenite around you, baby, okay? Protección, right? And 
I have one in my lower back too. It's like bow bow this big, right? And so we do, I said to him, how could you ever then succeed in all these other things if everybody's jealous of you now? He's like, oh shit, you're right. There's a deep fear that I do have a partner. I do this, I have that, I have success in my career. It's gonna be worse. I'm like, right. So in my, in my opinion, I think there's some serious family trauma and probably your family had people had things taken from them. Maybe they had a business, maybe they were successful and people were jealous of them and things happened. I said, but you've got to dig in that because otherwise these stories, these energetic blocks are going to keep you stuck in your life. And that's why I wanted to do this, this, this um, episode today, kind of, you know, off the top of my head and off the top of my heart, threw on a little lipstick, put on a little shirt. Here I am because so many of us think that we are guiding the ship. We think we're leading the hike up the mountain, the excursion, the expedition, we think, you know, we're the journeyers. The thing is, we're carrying some heavy-ass baggage. It could be invisible. We don't know. But it's really important for us to do the work, whether it's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, whether it's EMDR, right, to help you with trauma, whether it's talk therapy, whether it's ancestral uh, healing and ceremony, whatever it may be, it is really, really important for us to do the, the work. Now, you know, sometimes people call me, they're like, I've done work for years and years, Vanessa. Yeah, mira esta. She just met the guy. Está con el tipo. They love each other. And he's there for her. I was like, you don't know what challenges she's dealing with. You don't know if they've been to counseling because they're not promoting it on Instagram. You don't know that she hasn't been to therapy, hasn't been to therapy. And you don't know if that person is a soul who owes her some support and love from other lifetimes. And so... It's so easy for us to look at other people, right? Let me have a little sippy of water. I'm trying to reach my gallon. I did yesterday, right? It's so easy for us through Instagram and through stories and whatever we see. Everything looks larger than life. Everything looks beautiful. There's filters. We're looking good. The man's looking good. Nobody knows she's out of work and she's there three jobs. Nobody knows that she's in menopause and not trying to have sex. And he's like, oh my God, que hago? Nobody knows when there's these two beautiful married women or men and one of them suffering through depression or cheating. And so just know that everything may look pretty on the outside. Everything may look shiny. It doesn't mean that it's not, but it also is not the full story. We all have our challenges. My partner and I have gone through marriage counseling. Of course, my husband's Kurdish from Turkey. Kurdish people are so, so oppressed. And not only am I not Kurdish, right? I'm American. I'm Latina, Latina Americana, it's bilingual. I speak and think in Spanish and English. I came here as a little kid. I spoke Spanish till I was six and then I had to learn English. So um, I am that like bold, passionate, and you know, not all Latinas are like that because hello, we come in more than one shape, size, quality, values, et cetera. But I am that go-getter. A lot of Kurdish women, though, some of them are guerrilla fighters at, at, at in the mountains and really fighting for their rights and to be seen as a real people and ethnicity because in Turkey, they're not seen as such, um, are much more sedate, much more calm. And in general, in general, a little, they approach things quieter than I would say my Latino sisters. And again, I'm generalizing because there are some Latino sisters who are super quiet. 
If you've been to the church a lot, you might be super quiet. Not all of us are like, mira, Dios mío, stop that shit, right? No, we can't do this. Not all of us are like that. We're all different. And so even as if y'all have seen my photos of my hubs, right? And I think he's cute. Um, and we've been through so much and it is really good. And I'm so happy about my journey. It's been hell and back, people. It has been to hell and back to the levels of the inferno and back. Not necessarily with him, but through my life, right? At the same time, it's also been levels of heaven and back. And if anything, if I've learned anything from this journey, it's something that my mom also taught me when I was really little. She said, look, I'm going to give you advice. Te voy a dar consejo. People are going to give you advice. But at the end of the day, you have to stand up for what you believe in and fight for what you believe in. Because when you fall, you're the one who has to take accountability and understand why you did things. And you also, when you succeed, you'll be like, you know what? I listened to myself. And so there have been so many of those. But when we're looking at love online, we and we compare ourselves, right? We start to, oh, estoy sola, and they're together, and everybody's holding hands. We don't know somebody's cheating. We don't know some depression's going on. And we're not wishing these challenges on people. It's just that it's real life. It is earth life on earth. And so I invite you to, to really allow yourself to maybe move into more acceptance of wherever you are in your love journey, right? And... I can say this, that I wish it would have happened sooner for me, um, fighting, finding my mar and my partner in this way, so maybe I could have had kids. But you know how I was talking about how everybody's different? I have a couple of friends that are acquaintances that have kids with different men. They're not married with them, so they're single moms. But they have said to me separately, they don't know each other. They're like, if I didn't have these kids, I wouldn't be on earth. These kids gave me a reason to live. These kids made me a reason to fight. In those two people's lives, their kids, even though not, not brought to the world in what we, her ideal circumstances, right? Their ideal circumstances of what my acquaintances wanted, saved their mother's life. And for me as a little kid, being the oldest in my family, I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I'm not bringing no kids into this world unless the circumstances are the way I want them to be. Now, that's just me. That doesn't mean that circumstance, like I wasn't born in the best circumstance. My parents knew each other. They had broken off many times. My dad had a girlfriend in the, the US. He already made it here. My mom was in Argentina. They broke up. And then she was working in Peru on, in TV. And my dad went there to be like, come back to me. Let's get back together. They got it on. They got married. They had a fight. They ripped up their papers. He went one way. She was there working. Five months later, she got hit by a car. And they were like, you're okay. Your baby isn't. You need a medical abortion. And my mom sat and meditated with that because she was in shock. She was spotting. And she's told me the story. And her friends have told me the story who, who are still alive, which I, I've known the story since I'm a little kid, by the way. That brought me to therapy too, but that's another episode and another day. And I was just like, my mom's like, you know, I didn't know. And three months later, at eight months, you were kicking, you were coming out. And I was born in Peru, Lima, Peru. And my mom had a lot of spiritual experiences while she was there. But the reason she decided not to do the medical abortion at the time that I was three months old is because she's like, I know it's a girl and she's supposed to come here. And so it's not that one situation is better or another situation is worse. 
each and every one of us goes through our love journey in our own unique way, right? My mom said yes to me, having me in the oddest circumstances she could have ever thought. She had ripped up these papers. She told my dad to go to hell. And now she's in a foreign country by herself, giving birth to little old me, right? And, and trying to figure out, do I tell him? What do I do? And she did. And I wound up growing up with my dad. They had more kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that wasn't ideal. And as a kid, I grew up in a dysfunctional home, the eldest of four kids, taking on more responsibility than the law allows. But then again, you know, I started reading people at 16, right? So I was reading people about their businesses, about their lives, and the information was just coming in. And that's when at some point I said, you know what? The gift has left. The gift has left the building. Leave me alone. But it wasn't really because I couldn't see, hear, and feel things. It said I was like, wow, at 16, I'm sitting there. I've been changing diapers and and feeding my little brother and sisters since I'm like 10, 11, 12. Um, damn, I need a break. You know, I need to not be caring for everybody around me, being everybody's mom. And I share my journey with you a little bit because maybe there's some of you out there who are like me. And you are the older sister and you're the one who had to translate everything. Como las Latinas que somos, right? I had to translate everything. I'm the oldest, you know. My The next that followed me is three years younger than me. So I had to pave the way. I got the pressure that when I went to college, I better do well because my parents were putting their effort into it. And I did have scholarships and stuff, um, but we took out loans. And so if you're a Latina and you are the older one, and not everybody is, you know, people are in their different parts of the spectrum, um, we tend to come to love with a different energy. I also know people who are single kids and people who are in the middle, who are in the bottom, that they've learned that love is sacrifice, that they've learned that love is aguantar, to put up with. And we all know, I mean, so many cultures, so many ethnicities have this, but we know as Latinas that that's been our theme, aguantar, pedirle a Dios, aguantar, you know, putting up with it, begging God, praying to God, praying to God. The whole story we've been fed about the meek shall inherit the earth. Meanwhile, Lolita down the hall is inheriting your husband, right? Or your children. And so we've been pacified. We've been made dependent. And who isn't dependent when you're about to give birth or your home trying to raise your kids? I mean, it takes great faith to be able to bring kids into the world, right? And that's one of the things that I held back on a lot because I'm like, if I'm not sure about the person that I'm with, I cannot put myself in sus manos. I cannot be in the person's hands. And so it had nothing to do with the partners that I had because they were amazing. But I was like, oh no, hell no. After helping raise kids, after being super duper responsible with everything, you know, and I've been on my own since I'm 21 in New York as my family moved down to Miami. And so I was basically with no family. Um, by myself there and no aunts and uncles to watch over me or anything like that. Uh, I had to be my own mother and father and my own uncle and aunt, my own grandparents, <laughs> talking to my grandparents who were already on the other side. Well, about to cross over. So at least two of them about to cross over. But that shaped my life where from a very young age. And I want to share this with you because you might think it's crazy or it's out there, but it served me. Or since I'm 16 years old, I ask anybody that I'm dating, you know, if you're going through a really tough time in your life, depression or anxiety or something else, would you go to therapy? 
And I swear to you, since I'm 16 years old, if that person was like, nah, that's crazy, I would never do it. I'd be like, bye, mucho chao, mucho adios. Because witnessing my parents struggle and witnessing my dad not wanting to do the work or get the help, you know, and he's another generation. If he was alive, he'd be over 80 right now. So about 80, yeah. So I was like, I'm not having that shit. And seeing the struggles and the aguante that my mom had to do in a new country, in another language that wasn't hers, with four kids, I was like, oh no, yo no me voy a atrapar. I'm not going to trap myself. Now, these are my words. This is not a judgment on your life or your story. I'm just sharing with you how things can look a certain way from outside, but that we each have our own story. Those two acquaintances that I shared with you that had kids with two different men, were not married, were single moms, and they're like, if we did not have these kids, we wouldn't be who we are today. So those children served their growth. And so we can't be too quick to judge our own journey or to judge anybody else's, you know? And sometimes people are like, well, you couldn't have kids. I'm like, no, I could. But I, I wanted to be so careful that by the time I was ready and I felt I found the right person, my right person was like, I'm too old because he's older than me, my husband. And he was like, I already have two kids who are alienated from me and I have to work on that. Now they're not anymore, thank God. But he's like, I can't. And so there are prices to pay or at least sacrifices to make for going ahead and being brave when you get pregnant at 15 or 16 and having a kid to keeping me when my mom was like separated from my dad at that moment in another country <laughs> and not knowing what the hell is going to happen. Um, and then her coming and saying to my dad, hey, I have a, I'm, I'm carrying a child and she's coming soon. And, and then they got together and then they had more kids um, and, you know, they died married. And so my dad passed first, my mom passed second, but they were married when they passed. It's really, I think, a unique journey and a journey that at some point in time deserves our energy. It deserves our love. It deserves time to heal. So I knew, as I said, from a young age, that I was like, well, if you're not willing to work on shit, yo no quiero. That brought me really amazing spiritual people from get-go. I had an amazing Russian boyfriend who I think wound up being a rabbi. I'm not in touch with him when I was like 15. Then I had an amazing Bolivian boyfriend, indigenous Bolivian boyfriend, who like wound up being a Buddhist and I think a leader in that area, in that sector. Um, we were talking for many years, almost two decades, another partner who's happily married now with kids. And most of my partners were artistic, intelligent, um, knew how to make money, uh, but that wasn't the main thing. And they were spiritual. Like some of them channeled information. I'm talking about when I was 15, I had a boyfriend who had a guide and so did I. When I was 20, I would get the downloads or you're going to meet this guy and he has a Mars and Sag and he's going to have a guide named so-and-so. And then I would meet him and he'd be like, oh, I don't want to be weird, but I have a guy named so-and-so. And I'd pull open my notebook and be like, look, you're already in my book. And so my particular life was one of meeting a lot of loves from other lifetimes. So I've had so many. My husband is my eighth marriage proposal, believe it or not. And my first one was when I was 19, right? With somebody I'd been with for four years. And so, and so it's important for us to do the work because we choose partners from, you know, I believe our own place of healing. So the partner that we choose at 15, where we're still a little bit unconscious, even though we think we know things, 
And then the partner that we could choose at 50 or 40 or 60, if we've done some spiritual work, some healing work, some decolonization, some healing of the mindsets, it's going to be a different partner that we choose. And so for me, it was always like I wanted artistic. I wanted social justice minded, romantic, and I needed to be attracted to my partner. And my mom over the years was like, ay, Dios mío, con tanta pasión. What are you winding up with? You're going to be left alone. She's like, vas a ser una viejita sola. And I'd be like, I don't care, mom, because I'll be a viejita feliz. I was like, I will have a good time. And so those old stories, uh-oh, you're going to be left alone if you don't settle. Uh-oh, you better pick. Oh, you're too choosy. You're too picky. I was with my partner already a couple of years when I was complaining to my mom about some things, you know, about him. And I was like, mom, but this, my mom, but that. And she's like, you know what? You're complaining so much to me. I'm like, well, I'm complaining to you, my mom and my friend, that you're going to wind up alone. So she, my mom was playing the alone story because that was her story, not mine. People, I lived alone 19 years. I lived alone nine years, then had my ex-fiance that I lived with him a few years. Then we broke up and canceled the wedding. And then I lived alone again 10 years. And then I met my partner, current husband. So, and in New York City, which you know is not easy and no roommates. So, ahí está la historia. A lot of work, a lot of work to pay the bills. but And also a lot of work on myself, a lot of healing. But we all don't have that. Some people have kids at 19, at 22, 24, 25. Some people give up their career to have five, six kids. Some people have to step into the home so the husband could be the main breadwinner and they could help raise the children. So whatever your story may be, that's the story that is suiting you in some way, shape or form or your soul. It is serving you in some way, shape or form. And one story isn't better than the other. It just exists. Right. Like, I know that if I could go back, I'd probably would have slapped myself around and been like, okay, they had este tipo, the second one, the one I was engaged with. He could dance, he was sexy. This is not, I'd be like, mm, this is not going anywhere. Here you are, a free stepmom, and like living with somebody that you're not even married to, and you don't even have a kid. Girl, get out. But because we were working on things and growing, I stayed in. But other than that, right, my main goal wasn't husband and kids. My main goal was I got to find out who I am. I want to have a different life than what I've seen, meaning independence, um, a life based in my own dreams and my own purpose. And then somebody can fit into that. I wasn't really a person that was going to fit into somebody else's life. Now, some people be like, oh my gosh, she's so selfish. No. What does it mean? It means that because by the time I met my partner, my major husband, my one husband, <laughs> we just want one. I just want one. Um, I was already old enough to know who I was and had a business already online. That's what opened the door for me to be able to date somebody in central PA. I was in New York City. If I had a job job, I'd be like, uh -uh, I'm not leaving. You're in Pennsylvania. No, por favor, déjame quieta. Right. But instead, I was like, hey, I'm location free. I did give up my journey of living in different countries because I was doing that before I met him. I lived, you know, in Costa Rica for a minute, not, not a long time, Panama, a month and a half. I was staying in different places because I'm location free. So I did change a little bit my life and I did move here. Um, so then it's kind of contradicting what I'm saying, but it's not. I came here to Central PA to be with him. And so I did adjust to his life. But what I mean is, I wasn't going to change my job or my belief system because of him. I wasn't going to change my hair color, my hairstyle, the way that I dress, the way that I speak for him, which can happen sometimes when we're younger, right? 
And so just remember that everything that's shiny is not gold and that everything that's worth having, having is also worth working on. And what I would recommend anyone, especially if you're struggling in your relationship or you're single, work on yourself. What makes you tick? What makes you happy? What fills you up with this incredible light and this incredible joy, right? Because some of our mothers maybe did it, but maybe some of our mothers were only saying, well, my, the kids make me happy. My grandkids may be happy. La casa, el amor, you know, and that's all great and well and good. But I know in my heart that my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, she wanted to sing and dance people. She did. And now every time I get on stage, I'm like, abuelita Cecilia, right? I'm doing it. Um, there are so many things that our female ancestors had to squash in order to be the matriarchs of the family, in order to be our mothers, to be our grandmothers. And, you know, we're all in different circumstances. Maybe some of you out there are having several jobs. Maybe some of you are not working full-time or part-time, but you're mostly, you know, taking care of the home and the homemaker. Whatever your situation is, there's always space for you to bring in more of yourself. Um, so years ago, what was it? 16 years ago, I was engaged to somebody else. And my mom was like, bueno, now that you're going to get married, you're going to stop doing the circles that you're doing, right? You're going to stop belly dancing eight hours a week and performing and all the stuff that you're doing. Yes, I used to belly dance, Middle Eastern dance, classical Egyptian, really. And you're going to leave that to the side and now you're going to focus on your marriage. And I'm like, mom, if I leave all of that behind, my husband-to-be is probably going to lose interest in me. Because part of the reason that he's attracted to me and that he's in love with me is because he's like, damn, girl, you don't give up. You're like, circle time, get out the house. Girls are coming. And I'd kick him out. He'd go see a friend or a movie or see his son. And I'd be like, I got to go to my woman's retreat. 500 women are gathering. We're doing a ritual in the forest. And he'd be like, what? It's crazy. And I'd go and do it. Um, I'd be like, sorry, coming home late from the belly dance. He'd go meet me right after um, and he loved it that I was like working out, taking care of myself and dancing, right? And so the story of the, like la servicial, la dama servicial, being of service, this is a story that across Latino America and every, and every ethnic group within Latinos, right? Afro-Latinos, white passing Latinos, indigenous Latinos, this energy of martyrdom at times, de aguante, de aguantar, of, of, having to put up with that which is not acceptable. You know, I've heard when I left my ex-fiance because he cheated almost two months before the wedding, I had no job, people, and I was in New York. I left my job in Telemundo, Miami. And I was I used to work for Rojo Vivo. And so I suddenly was in New York. You know, it's winter, it's cold. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I get the proof through an email. And I cut it off. I end the marriage right away, not even thinking I have no money, not even thinking what's going to pay the rent, what's going to be going to do. What gonna... I just did it. And I was like, God, you better help me. Have my back. And, you know, spirit did have my back. Of course, I also moved my booty and I got like three part-time jobs. But when I kicked him out, you know, it could have gone away like, wow, I gave away seven years of my life. Y me sufrí. Y yo di mis mejores años. I give my best years and now I'm going to die. It's terrible. Wow. For me, I did have a moment where I wept like that, but it was quickly replaced by deep gratitude. And 
thanking God because I always said, please, please only want to be married one time and, you know, keeping our fingers crossed. But I was like, I want to be married one time and please, please um, save me from a, a bad marriage. You know, I witnessed my parents struggling and it was very hard as a sensitive psychic person and as somebody who was a little mother to the rest of the children. I was like, I can't do this again. I can't allow myself to experience that in my own life, what I already witnessed as a daughter. And so to find out that my partner was cheating before we got married, mm, yeah, it broke my heart. But I was like, you know what? God loves me. I got this. And so it was heartbreaking. I had no money. I had like, I remember there was a reunion with friends of mine from back in the day, like grade school. And I'm like, shit. I don't own a house. I don't have no husband. I don't have no kids. I don't have no job. Shit. So it was a little like humbling, right? But at the same time, I felt like I was cleared out to be made new again. And in those following years after that situation, business was built. And it was, I was already started. It was already part-time. Uh, it kept getting stronger and stronger. My abilities, my business, my work, my clients and I had so many relationships after that one, so many. And I learned so many things. And so, and then I met my husband and I was like, okay, it's not going to be easy. He's out of, he's divorced, but wow, 18 years of marriage and it didn't end well. Mm, we're going to have to do some work, but I can say that it's been worth it. And so for anybody's out there and you're single, do the work. Uh, sit down and do a little self-guided journaling. What are the relationships you've had? What are the things that have attracted you and people? And what are the red flags that you've overlooked, right? And those red flags that you overlooked, did you ever recognize them? And then went, well, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, right? Because my ex-fiance, I knew he was a cheater. He had told me, his first wife told me, but they were like 17, right? They had a kid early, so they got married and then they annulled it. Um, so she told me she was in his life. She's still in his life. And then I knew he was working on it in therapy. And I'm like, bueno, he's trabajando. He's doing the work. I know he has been a cheater, but he cheated on me too. And I'm not playing that. I just don't play that. Because if we're going to play that, then we're going to really play that. And then you're going to be crying, right? No, but seriously, we have to know what our red flags are. And then we have to have the self-love and the confidence and the grounding and the energy to stand up for ourselves. And for me, um, I told him I didn't want a relationship when I met that guy. He didn't either. That's so why we had a lot of fun. We went out dancing. We had a great time. And he was also Latino. We just had a ball. But at some point, we're like, oh, we fell in love. What are we going to do? And like, well, we're not ready. I'm not ready, but let's do it. And the years went by. He had three kids and helped with the kids, um, supported him in his journey, supported me in mine. But at some point, I realized and I started, I went into therapy. I was like, you know, I think I'm losing myself a little bit and pulled back to take care of myself. And the thing that I learned from that lesson was that I was willing to say, oh, okay, I know that he's cheated before, but he's working on it now. What I realized after that is like, I just need somebody who doesn't cheat, period. Okay, y punto. And that's something that I find very strong in my partner, his loyalty, his honesty. Um, it's something that he values in me. I am blunt, I am blunt to honest for my own good. He's a Virgo. Have I said enough? And I have Virgo in the fourth house. Makes sense. I married him. And also Jupiter. And in the south node in Virgo. So we blunt people. We are too blunt for our own good. But it's helped us. 
And then I walked out of that relationship like, okay, I thought that if I gave him a chance to grow, then I was like, oh, there are just some things that I have to have that people can't grow into. They just can't. Like people can grow into better communication, but they can't grow into, oh, I'm a sex addict. Let's do, I mean, and some people have success with this, right? They're like, no, we had the marriage. We worked really hard and we got through it. God bless y'all. Que Dios te bendiga. But there's some things like addictions are really hard to deal with in a relationship. Uh, liars, cheaters, codependence, rage, anger, um, people who drop out of their jobs all the time, people who are not taking care of their mental health and their physical health. There are just things that we're going to look at. Now, there's definitely going to be water signs out there listening to this. We'll be like, Vanessa, love is love. The heart wants what it wants. Okay, well, look at your life, though. Look at the story. For you, it may work out. But what happens sometimes when we put this archetypal love energy on a pedestal, as we're like, no, I have to sacrifice for love. Sacrifice for what? Love is an ideal, but in practice, it's you and this other person. If this other person is cheating, not telling you the truth, backstabbing, using your money, doing all the things, oh, honey, pick up your, you know, archetypal love, pick up your love value and move yourself somewhere else to somewhere where you're going to be valued. And so that's something that I've been very strict on in my life where if I sniff something I don't like, we done. We can have a conversation, but then we're done. And that's something that I find the Latinas, I mean, sometimes we're extreme. We like throw down, break a glass, get crazy. <laughs> but there's also the quiet Latinas who are like, oh, I'm watching him or her. And then they're just watching, watching, watching. So if you're not in a relationship, keep doing the work. Look at the past relationships. Look at what attracted you. Check out the red flags. And this is for people in relationship too. What red flags did you overlook and then found yourself like, mm, now I'm in trouble. What is happening here, right? Because that's what happened to me. I was like, well, he's in therapy for the cheating. So that means he's working on it. Well, obviously he didn't work that hard because right before our wedding, he cheated, which set me free. So I'm glad and grateful to him. Let me clean this off. But the truth is that I think that there's some things that people just need to have. And I love my husband's dedication, his honesty his willingness to learn, he's willing to learn things, he's willing to be open. You can't take a closed off curmudgeon and try to crack them open unless you accept them that way. And you're like, fuck it, they stay home and they can be curmudgeon-y and I'll travel the earth. And that, if that works for you, that is good. You know, overlooking sexual preferences, overlooking sexual styles, overlooking sexual desire. So many people, like I was saying, my mom's like, oh my God, tanta pasión that you need so much passion and you're going to wind up alone. And I'm like, mom, I got to want the person that I'm marrying because I'm not looking for somebody to take care of me financially. I'm not looking for like a daddy to take care of me. So by the way, if you all want that or have that, good for you. God bless. I said, again, everybody has a different style. Everybody has a different path. I'm somebody that I always want to stand on my own. That Venus and Aries, baby. You know what I'm saying? So if I said to my mom, I don't want that. So I've got to desire my husband. I've got to be attracted. I'm going to be like, mm, right. And then she observed me. And before she passed, she's like, wow, I told, I thought you were too demanding. You said so many things to him. You were communicating so clearly. But in the end, before she passed, my mom's like, you know what? You were right. I shut up on so many things. And then it was too late. 
She goes, and you didn't because you weren't afraid to be alone. But getting to that place of not being afraid to be alone takes work. For me, it comes naturally because like, as I said, I lived alone 19 years and I've been raised with mejor estar sola que mal acompañada, better to be alone than in bad company. So I really take that to heart because I never feel alone. I know a lot of people wherever I go. And in my own home, I'm never alone because I got the plants. I didn't have the cats back then, but I had spirit and I always had my hobbies. So I never felt so alone, right? There were, of course, moments of loneliness where I was like, what? I really did have those moments. Um, but my mom agreed. And so look at your own patterns, look at your own red flags, and then look at like what your parents have told you. Are you buying into, let me not say anything because they're not going to want me. Let me not say this. The goal is not to get your wife or your husband or your partner or your partners and just get them. You want it to be real and true and honest. So then you have a chance of lasting if that's what you want. There could be some people here who are like, no, nah, I'm just trying to have fun. And that's all well and dandy and really good. I've been in through those phases where I'm like, I'm just having fun. At the same time, there's still red flags to that too. Because having fun doesn't mean that we're going to allow disrespect. And so on this love journey, look at your look at your past, look at your relationships, look at your, you know, non-negotiables. What do you really need from someone? And I knew that I needed someone too who was going to let me be myself. And that was something that my husband and I discussed before we ever met in person. It was just on the phone. And he goes, look, I just looked you up and it says something urban priestess. I don't know what that is. I'm an atheist. Can you promise never to force me or try to coerce me or try to make me believe what you believe? And I was like, no, I don't need that. I'm too old for that shit. I know who I am. Yo no necesito eso. And he's like, good, let me be who I am and I'll let you be who you are. And even as I say this, this man cooks for me at every retreat, right? He's literally the person who creates the food for the women who come to my Pennsylvania retreat. By the way, there's still one spot open. It's happening March 15 to March 17. We're focusing on sacred joy and sacred presence. It's $1,100 and there are deposit plans. So if you're interested, let me know. It's in Pennsylvania. We would pick you up at the train or at the airport, bring you to the location, which is 150 acres, and then bring you back. This is my fifth annual, so we can connect about that later. But anyway, he cooks. And so when I look at my life, I'm like, wow, did I ever think I'd be I'd be here where I am now, in Central PA, with my partner, with this, with that. And I was like, no. And yeah, I thought I'd have a tall, dark, handsome husband. And that's what I always liked. And then somebody who stands by me no matter what, and I do the same, somebody who's I'm attracted to who's attracted to me, someone who's willing to revel in my magic, even if they don't believe the way I believe. And I'm willing to listen to his Marxist theories and lectures and support him in his, you know, academic paths and ideations and not, no, not ideations, ideas, right? And so it's really important for us to know what phase we're at. If we're at the phase where we want to have kids, going out with party girls or party boys isn't going to be the thing because they're not going to settle down and times are ticking, right? If we're newly divorced and we just want to play, we're not going to probably date people who are trying to hunker down and have a baby and get married right now, right? So it's really important to be honest first with ourselves, right? And, and it's important for us to be honest with ourselves. It's important for us to... Um, to be honest in our communication, please no triggery. 
please no trickery. It does no one any good. It does no one any good. Now, quickly, I want to go through this. You know, if you have Venus in Aries, you know, they would say, oh, you tend to be a little more selfish or you like to fight or stuff like that. What I would say as a Venus in Aries myself is that men are attracted to me because I challenge them, because I'm independent, because I'm fired, because I go after what I want. And for me, what keeps me like going in the relationship is the fun. It's the challenge of learning new things together. It is the passion, the connection. And for them to get out of my way <laughs> so I could run after what I want to run after, right? Because it's the Aries. Um, when we're talking about Venus and Taurus, you want to stay home. You want the massages. You want the caresses. You want the really good food. You want like the sensual delights. Now, that doesn't mean Venus and Aries doesn't like it or Venus and Gemini, but that's what it is. And when people are attracted to you, they're attracted to you as that sensual woman, no matter what your sun sign is, right? Or sensual person. Um, when we're looking at Venus and Gemini, you need that communication. You need that communication. I know somebody had a Venus and Gemini in the seventh house, which is the house of relationships. And they married somebody they thought wasn't that bright, um, but they loved other qualities about them. And they suffered so much because they really wanted to have certain conversations with their partner. And it was like, oh God, why did you marry them if that's what you think about them, right? Mm. So if you have Venus and Gemini, know that people like you for your sparkly, youthful quality, that you can have a chat and converse and have, be talkative about anything. And if you have that, know that you're going to need to be able to be light and playful with your partner, to learn new things, to be curious, and to have good conversation. When we're talking about Venus and Cancer, you know, still waters run deep. You are someone that is very intuitive, very emotional. It's like you need to be held. You need to be safe in order to open your inner deep world, right? And if somebody's attracted to you, they're attracted to that depth. You may seem like so together and so strong on the outside. And it doesn't mean that you're not. But yet then you're like this poet, this intuitive, this like deep water that people want to like explore and discover. We're talking about Venus and Virgo, right? It is the, it's ruled by the Virgin, but ain't nothing virgin about you, but it is about being honest. Uh, Virgos can be kinky. Um, they can be people who like things done a certain way. And a Venus and Virgo that I've known are very true to their partners. And they are people who are like cleanliness and they like their life orderly, like in a certain way. And so you're this beautiful down to earth like almost like a pure energy that attracts people and people want that like honest healthy down to earth energy that you have because Virgo is ruled by earth right then we're talking about Libra Venus and Libra there's an air of grace about you you want the arts you want to talk about social justice you want to talk about maybe even fashion and people when they see you they want to get close to you because you bring art into love you bring grace into love right um you bring this different energy that they have not connected with before because it's this um you know you'd be like a great hostess for a party etc even with venus and libra libra sun even more but and then when we're talking about scorpio venus and scorpio i had a couple of partners who were venus and scorpio deep 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 mysterious sexual depths the sexual depths of the psyche. It's like going to deep places of connection that go beyond words. And so there's a mysterious element with people of Venus and Scorpio. They could smile, they could be all cute, but there's this depth that they've lived through things that they know things and that they're willing to go to the depths of pleasure and excitement, right? And, and, and that type of thing. And sometimes even attracted to 
what other people don't find cute, but they want to explore that in the confines of their own privacy. And that's all well and good. When you think of Venus and Sag, you know, Venus and Sag is adventurous. It's healthy. It's like that person wakes up early in the morning, goes for the run, living a natural, healthy lifestyle. They could be the bachelors of the Zodiac too. If you have Venus and Sag, there could be a part of you that's, yeah, you love your partner, but you could also open up to have other relationships at the same time, honestly. And if not, that is that you have a healthy attraction to making love and you could do it outdoors. You could do it at home. It's an athletic thing for you. It also an attraction to people from other countries, other ethnicities. And, um, you know, I mean, I have Mars and Sag in the seventh in the sixth house. So everybody's like, Oh, you know, when you have Sag on the seventh house, you're probably going to marry somebody from another culture, which made sense. Um, so where are we now? We went to Scorpio, went to Sag. We're going to go now to Venus and Capricorn. Venus and Capricorn takes a minute to warm up, right? It's like this elegance, this beauty, this um, responsible energy that once somebody can come into that space, you're going to be able to go to love deeply to, I mean, you know, it, it's the sea goat is the sea goat. Anybody with Venus and in, 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 uh, Capricorn, Mars and Capricorn, they're going to be able to have sexual relations and explore their sexuality until very, very old because they're not limited by that. The Capricorn will climb those mountains. And so you're willing to really help out your partner, you know, push them with their ambition in the work, et cetera. But you need somebody to be really there for you to open your heart to because you are so responsible that you need that. And anyone who's attracted to you is attracted to that responsible, um, stately, yet like, responsible, beautiful um, leader and ambitious energy that you've got carrying on. But remember, you also really need to be able to trust your partners. Don't become anybody's mommy. Don't become anybody's daddy, unless you, that's what you want. Now that's different, right? Um, then we're talking about Aquarius. And we're talking about Venus and Aquarius, you know, it's humanitarian. It's It could be gender fluid, gender bending, um, going beyond the confines of what we find attractive, being attracted to the unique, being attracted to people who serve humanity, who are in service to the greater good, social justice themes, future um, technology, all of these things are going to be really exciting for you. And so, you know, a Venus in Aquarius person could be quirky and have interests that other people don't have and focus. They could be like tech nerds and um, art nerds and how are we going to save the planet nerds, but it's all sexy and very exciting. And then we're looking at Venus and Pisces. The thing with Venus and Pisces, we have to be careful is, you know, it's it's deep spirituality, but could also be um, getting lost in fantasy, self-delusion, drowning in codependence or other things. But in its most heightened state, Venus in Pisces is that deep oneness with your partner where the boundaries blend, they end, you know, and they flow. And it's like beautiful. Oh, I think I forgot Venus and Leo. Venus and Leo, while they like to be, they like to get their flirtations on they need to be the royalty they need to get they need to feel loved but it's not in a bad way like my partner has this this is not in a bad way like they need to be on tv or they need to like be the spotlight of everything and all the time it's more like words of affirmation physical and energy being you're great i love you you know they've been overlooked so much that if you're venus and leo you need to know that you are the one and you like to be adored you like to be adored. 
Maybe you like to work the mirrors while you love making, but whatever it may be, you need to be adored. You need to be kissed from toe to head and all the other parts in between and to um, be seen as the queen, the king, and the royal or the main, the main squeeze, the main person in somebody's life. And even if you're not into a serious relationship where people feel like, yeah, when I'm with this person, they treat me like I'm the one. And so, all right, my loves, it's turning too, too long, 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 long. If you like it, I can talk more about this because we touched upon some ancestral patterning, right, of all the men are afraid of the strong women in my family. Oh, this is the way it's always been. Um, men suck. We didn't talk about that one. Women suck. Men are crazy. Women are crazy. These are ancestral patterns that can be passed down. And so we're going to continue to attract. And there's another one that I heard from people, which is all the exciting people are crazy. No, honey, there's tons of people. And, you know, whatever that means. And I don't want to use that word um, lightly because I want to be respectful. And what they mean by that is that they're stalking them. They're demanding more of them than they want. They're manipulative. That's what I mean by that. Um, and people said to me, all the hot people are like, you know, out there. They're stalking. They're possessive. They're this. That's an unhealthy mindset. That's an unhealthy story that we've been told that. And it comes also from trauma because at some point in time, we felt alive when our worlds were shifted, right? Or moved. Se nos mueve el piso, right? When our ground was moved. And we're like, oh my God, that's love. That's exciting. That's excitement. And for a lot of us who are recovered for, recovering from trauma and dysfunction, we tend to connect, right? Familiarity with, oh, it's a soulmate, but maybe that person's carrying the same pattern as your not so great dad or not so great mom, right? Or they're like, they're like your mom and dad or your family member who are never there for you. So you're so excited. You feel the butterflies of excitement because you want them in your life. For a lot of us, what we really want is that person that's going to stay and love us through everything. And we're going to love them through it and work on it. But then the mundane and every day can become like, oh my God, right? I'm bored. Because I've heard this because I read people every day. So what I would invite you into, if you're in a partnership and you feel like things have gotten a little dull. It's not about getting sexy underwear. I mean, it could be, but what excites you? What makes you light up? You know, my husband said to me the other day, he goes, you are so passionate about so many things. If I only had a quarter of your excitement and now he's developing it, he's learning in Spanish. He's got a website stuff that he's doing. And, but he's like, always like, if I only had a quarter of the crazy passion that you have for everything, you're like so excited about so many things. The more excited we are about our own lives, the more excited we are about the projects that we're working on, the more excited we are about our healing, about what we're manifesting, about what we want to see for the world, right? Because we're living in this duality. Look, the world is suffering greatly right now. And yet each and every one of us is also um, working on our own challenges, working on our own traumas, trying to heal, trying to be a citizen of the world and also a nurturer of our own tiny inner garden. And we have to tend to that garden because the richer it is, the more bright it is, the more you're dealing with your own mental health and the more you're taking care of your own mental health, the more energy you have available to date if you're single, the more energy you have to spend with your partner to listen to them or to share what you're working on. And so know wherever you may be that there's always hope for whatever you want. I met my partner later in life. I had already dated hundreds of people and I just didn't want to give up because I'm someone that gave so much to the world all the time. I've been reading people and reading them for free and holding circles. And I've worked with thousands, thousands of people. I was like, mira, Diosito, universe, madrecita de la tierra. 
you know, Mother Earth, I deserve somebody by my side. And Spirit was like, okay, but then you also have to do the work. And that's been the story, right? The inner work that I've done and continue to do on myself. And then the going out on the dates, the going out there and doing the thing. Um, but again, we're all different. Your story might be very different. You may be married for 30, 40 years. And just know that challenges are normal, that we're born to have challenges. That's what we're here doing here on La Madre Tierra and Earth School. And if you're feeling like you've been challenged by an ancestral pattern that's affecting you or limiting you in your love life or anywhere else, reach out. Let's talk. You know, my information is right there in the um, episode, or you could always find me at thebizbruja.com or thebizbruja on Instagram. And I hope that this has served you. Let me know, because I've just been here yappity yapping, sharing and sharing. And my deep desire is to support you on your journeys. And then you're like, you know what? Okay, this is normal. This is my life. And what are the red flags I ignored? And what do I really want right now? And who am I choosing from this particular place in my development and my health at this time? And what am I desiring to bring in? Or what am I desiring to cultivate in the relationship that already exists? And who do I want to be in love? We focus so much on the other person. How do I want to love? And so, gracias mis amores. And a blessed St. Valentine's Day, as my mother would say, que San Valentine es todos los días, mi amor. Bye, everyone.